Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for a Monday Let's Ride, and this is a bummer. You know, I, I talked about it last week. I, I said how I enjoy the bye week. I do enjoy the bye week. I really do. But the, when you have that Monday, and it's the week at the day after NFL action has wrapped up, and you have nothing to talk about. Yeah, last week we were still unraveling that overtime win over the Seahawks. We talked about that ad nauseum. And even, you know, going into the the break and going into the weekend, you, know, you had the Browns victory over the Broncos, and that kind of shapes the AFC North discussion heading into week eight. And then over the weekend, you're watching games, but you're then like, oh, the Steelers didn't even play. There's no winners and losers column. There's no report card. There's no podcast. There's no post game. It's just weird. It's a bummer. It can be a bummer. But nonetheless, we're here. We're always here, and it's a good time to remind you, the listener, if you're just tuning back in, maybe you took the weekend off, that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. I highly recommend becoming a part of our community. How do you do it? Well, first, it's free. It doesn't cost you a dime. Find any article at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom where you would see the comment section, and it'll say sign in or sign up. Sign up, you have to wait 24 hours, and then you're allowed to comment on any article. It's a really good community, very knowledgeable community. They will call you out for BS. If you're in there BSing your way through, they'll call you out, just a heads up. Other than that, I just want to say also make sure you're checking our podcast platform wherever you get your podcast. In case you just stumbled upon this, maybe in an article on the website, go to wherever you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora. I'm a Spotify user myself. I know Matty Peverell out there. He said he's a Steeler Spotify user. So am I, brother. So am I. Uh, follow on the Spotify app. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating, all that good stuff. All right. So there's no winners and losers, and you have to ask yourself, what are we going to talk about today? Well, what, what is the main discussion going to be? Because on Friday, we did the to-do list. I really enjoyed that podcast. I hope you did, too. Well, first and foremost, boy, let's talk about the AFC North. The AFC North, what a shakeup. What a shakeup. Uh, I did not watch much of this game. I'll be honest with you. On uh, Over the weekend, family was in, got some golf in, played nine on Friday, 18 on Saturday. Uh, not too bad considering the conditions, uh, but I shot uh, 81 on Sunday with two double bogeys. I haven't played 18 holes in a, a couple months, so I was pretty happy with that. Could have been worse. Could have been way worse. But nonetheless, uh, Sunday comes, and the big game that everyone wants to talk about for the Steelers is obviously the Bengals and the Ravens in M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. And go, hey, what do you say? What happens? The Bengals absolutely smack down the Ravens 41-17, to Joe Burrow. He's impressive. He looked good. No one saw this coming. I did not. I I picked the Ravens. I I know that kudos to Michael Beck, Blue Check Beck. He took the Bengals getting points. I said they'll find a way to lose. No. And now all of a sudden, the Ravens, who entered this game at 5-1, are now 5-2, tied with the Bengals, but the Bengals have the head-to-head win. Therefore, they are now first place in the AFC North. The Ravens head into a bye week, and everything is kind of upside down right now. It goes Cincinnati and Baltimore five and two. Cincinnati's obviously at the lead. Cleveland four and three. They're getting ready to play the the Steelers in Week Eight in Cleveland. And Pittsburgh's hanging around at three and three. So the Steelers beat Cleveland next Sunday. They move to four and three. They would be above Cleveland because Cleveland would be at four and four. And they're just they're right behind them. And everyone asked me leading into this game, 
uh, meaning the Bengals and Ravens game, who should we root for? Well, in my opinion, you want to root for the Bengals. You want to keep things close. So the Bengals already had two losses. The Ravens only had one. The Steelers still have two games against the Ravens. They only have one against Cincinnati. Keep it close. Hope they win. You want to keep within striking distance, and that means that sometimes you have to root for sometimes a team that's already beaten the Steelers like the Bengals to win to bring everyone else back down to level. That's what you have to kind of pull for on occasion, and in this occasion, it worked out for the Steelers. So big win for the Bengals. Kudos to them. But what we want to talk about here are players that need to step up their game for the Steelers to make a playoff run. And I know, yeah, I wish I had a cue the Jim Mora playoffs. We don't have playoffs where we can't even win a game. You're talking about playoffs? That's exactly what we're talking about. And I know I said on a previous podcast, don't look ahead. This really isn't looking ahead. This is more about, well, first and foremost, playoffs. It's what it's all about, isn't it? You just got to get in. Playoffs is what it's all about. And I know, don't look ahead, but this is also about weekly performances. Players that need to put together better performances on a weekly basis that'll equate to the Steelers winning more games, therefore getting into the postseason. So I'm thinking about a list. Dave Schofield did an article very similar to this on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You can still find it. Go to the website. You can find it. I think he had six players. Could have been five. I could be wrong. Uh, But six players that could have a breakout breakout performance after the bye week. I'm going to go in a different direction. These are players that... I did five on offense and five on defense. So we're going to do the offense first. We'll take a break, and then we'll finish the defense. And these are just players that, in my opinion, they need to elevate their game. They need to elevate their game. And this is, you know, again, this, this could be superstars. But they need to elevate their game based on the fact that the Steelers need them to perform. They really need them to perform if they are not going to be considered just a mediocre middle-of-the-road team that's hoping and praying just to get in or a team that looks like a contender, a team that absolutely looks like they could do damage if they get in. There's a big difference there, folks. I mean, think about some of the years past in Mike Tomlin's era where he finished 8-8, and and you're thinking, man, if they could just get in, they could make some noise. But for the majority of the year, they looked like just a run-of-the-mill, mediocre team. The Steelers, if they're legit, they they don't look like run-of-the-mill mediocre teams. So let's do this. Let's start on offense. You can't start anywhere when you're talking about players that need to step up their game than one Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. B-T-R, as we call him on the Steelers preview. Ben Roethlisberger, and I asked this to Michael Beck on Friday in the Blue Check Beck segment. I said, do you think we've seen the best of Ben Roethlisberger? And he kind of alluded to maybe there's a step better that he could be, but, you know, he basically said that he thinks this is as good as it gets. I, I kind of was shaking my head with that. I was like, man, that's that's bad. I think Roethlisberger can play better. I don't think there's just one step for Roethlisberger. I think it could be a couple steps better. I like Ben Roethlisberger. I still do. I think he's the best quarterback on the roster. If they can slowly kind of find their meander their way through this new offense, not just Matt Canada's scheme, the way they want to actually play. That's what they're still trying to figure out. They've only played six games. So with 11 games remaining, they're still kind of putting their feelers out. Let's not forget the preseason, this offensive line, what they play, 12 snaps together or something like that as a unit, as a collective. So Ben's got to play better. When the opportunity arises, he has to deliver. The hope is that he doesn't have to do that on a weekly basis, but nonetheless, that's why Ben Roethlisberger made this list, which is in no particular order, by the way. Next is Chase Claypool. With Juju Smith-Schuster done for the year with his shoulder injury, 
someone has to step up and be that major threat. Some people think it's Deontay Johnson. I don't. I just don't think it is. Deontay Johnson's skill set, in my opinion, is is of the. He's that shifty guy. He's that water bug. Get the ball in his hands. He's going to make a play. There's nothing wrong with players like that. Let me make that very clear. However, what I'm talking about is in this regard. My goodness, can Chase Claypool be the number one receiver that we all expected him to be entering the 2021 season? He's coming off of a bad game on Sunday Night Football, and that doesn't help matters. The last image that I have in my mind, I'm sure you do as the listener as well, is that Chase Claypool just had a really rough game. It's a rough game. I'm not saying that he's awful. I'm not saying he's bad. He just had a bad game. It happens. It happens to everyone in every athletic endeavor. And so when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about Chase Claypool being dominant. That's the step that he has to take. And so there's a lot that it goes into this. Ben is obviously a part of that process. He's a part of that equation. But ultimately, Chase Claypool, I feel like, really needs to step up his game if the Steelers are going to make a run. They need that outside threat. Heck, maybe it's someone like James Washington, but I don't know. But I put Chase Claypool on here for a reason. He's the second-round pick. He's the guy that everyone, you know, huge rookie season. We expect more. We all do, and we should. We really should from Claypool. So let's hope he comes off of the bye, looking a little healthier. We know he had that hamstring injury. He should be good to go, hopefully. Goes out there, dominates. That would be awesome. Next on the list is Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green... I think there's a big difference. This is something Dave Schofield and I talked about one of the days he came over to my house to watch the Steelers play. And I said, you know, how many of these offensive line issues are on Kendrick Green? Just, hey, it's Kendrick Green's fault. Like, that's why the Steelers are struggling. Like, how many of these? And he kind of looked at me and didn't want to answer the question, but he he said it without saying it. Majority of these problems are because the center's not playing up to snuff. So Kendrick Green... From a standpoint of, okay, you didn't play a lot of center in college. We get it. He was mainly a guard. Move him to center, and now he's being thrust into the NFL role of being a starting center. That's difficult. That is difficult. And so Kendrick Green is not only having to learn kind of the position in general, but he's having to learn it at the the game's highest level against some really good opponents, and he's he's taken some lumps. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He has taken some lumps. He has struggled at times. He is going to have to really get into this groove, I want to say, where he is playing physical, smart football, where both guards to the left and the right, Kevin Dotson on the left, Trey Turner on the right, are not going to have to worry about him. That is the ultimate goal for Kendrick Green. And that might seem like it's a dumbed down goal. In other words, that might seem like I'm saying, well, it really like that that's not that big of a deal. Like he just has to do enough to not have them worry about him. It, honestly, right now, if they can do that, that is him stepping up his game. If Trey Turner says, okay, we know what blitz is coming, we know the stunt's coming, I know Kendrick's gonna do his job. And I know, and Kevin Dotson, if he can say, I've got a pool on this play, I know that Kendrick's going to have his responsibility taken care of. And, or even better with Trey Turner, who's someone who's very experienced veteran player, he can read the offense or the defense and and think, okay, does, does Kendrick know what's coming? I can see it. I've been there before. Does he know? Do I trust that he knows so I can do my job? If Kendrick Green can get the trust of the offensive line and then start playing at a faster pace. He's not mentally slowing down. 
That's that's him stepping up his game. And it might seem elementary, but what you'll see is Kendrick Green then and the offense will run a lot smoother. The the pass protection will be better. Run blocking will be smoother and the offense will start to evolve. Don't underestimate how important the center is for the offensive line and Kendrick Green is in a tough spot. Third round pick. We know the whole story. He's in a tough spot, but he's got to perform. Has to perform. So Kendrick Green, he has to step up his game. Let's go to next to Zach Banner. Now, Zach Banner, everyone has their hopes on Zach Banner. Zach Banner's return. Everyone's talking about it. That Zach Banner's return. Okay. When Zach Banner comes back, this is what everyone's thinking. When Zach Banner comes back, everything's going to be better. Whether they move Dan Moore to the bench or Chuksakor for to the bench, Zach Banner coming back on the right side is going to answer a lot of questions. I've been there. I feel that as well. The the issue is, and one of the reasons why Zach Banner needs to step up his game is based solely on the fact that, in my opinion, Banner has to prove himself in every single capacity. And we are, as fans, putting a whole lot of stock into Zach Banner and his return. My goodness, could you imagine? I mean, if he comes back, and let's assume there's no reports out there or anything like that about Zach Banner, you know, Going to, is going to come back and start. We don't know that against Cleveland. But let's assume that he comes back in week eight and he starts in Cleveland for the Steelers at right tackle. Boy, there's going to be a lot of pressure on his on his shoulders. This guy has had one start, I believe, in his career. And this is a start at right tackle, not the tackle eligible that he did often under Randy Feetner. But there's going to be a lot of pressure on Zach Banner to go out there and get the job done. To go out there and be that force that everyone hoped that they would see. And I'm hoping, I hope it happens. I hope that they go out there and Zach Banner is able to dominate and he's able to go out and just really show that, you know what, Steelers, you gave me that two-year contract. And he'll, you can say, you know, I, he said, I gambled on myself, whatever. It doesn't matter. They gave him a two-year deal for a reason. They believe in him and they want to say, show us more. And we haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen yet. It's not his fault he tore his ACL in week one at MetLife Stadium in 2020. But here he is coming off injured reserve. Everyone's hoping. That's a lot of pressure on Zach Banner. So Zach Banner has to step his game up. He needs to show that, you know what, when I come back, right side's solid. Like the right side, don't even worry about it. You want to run to the right side? Come on, Najee. Follow me. I'm going to I'm gonna create a hole. I'm going to give you that seam that you need, that glimmer of daylight, so that we can break off big runs. That's what we hope. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. But Zach Banner is another one that's going to have to step up his game. And it's crazy to think that a player that hasn't even played a snap of regular season football in 2021 is going to have to step up his game. But I think that Zach Banner, just based on the expectations, based on the pressure that people are putting on him when he hasn't even played, you better elevate your game, my man. Better elevate your game. Last offensive player here that needs to step up their game and I hate to even say this. I really do. I hate to even suggest that this player could somehow have to step up his game. But I think that it's going to have to happen if the Steelers do want to be what I labeled at the beginning. And that's a playoff contender, someone that could do damage in the postseason. That's Najee Harris. You know, it's funny. We did our bi-week bonanza podcast. I hope you check those out. If you didn't, I did one. Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis, Matty Peverell, uh, Big Bro Rich Schofield, he did one. I think Marky D, Mark Davison, the other uh, member of the Touchdown Anda crew, um, 
uh, Tony Defio. We all did them, I think. I think almost every single podcaster did Jeffrey Benedict. So Michael, I'm not sure if Michael Beck did it or if he didn't. Anyways, we all had the question of who's your offensive MVP at this juncture of the season? I think we all, I didn't get to hear the last few, but I'm pretty sure up to the point where I haven't heard them, we all said the same player was the offensive MVP, most valuable player for the Steelers. That's Najee Harris. Najee Harris has been the one constant for this offense the entire season. You know that with Najee Harris, you're going to get a solid game. That's not that he's not going to make mistakes. He's a rookie. He's dropped passes. He's missed holes. Um, there's been occasions where he's whiffed on blitz pickup. And there are he's not perfect, okay? But what we have seen is he's been the most consistent offensive player for the Steelers the entire season. So to suggest, and that's why I had him last, I really hesitated to put him on this list, but to suggest that a player like that, of every the description I just gave you, the player like that needs to step up their game, he's going to have to. He's going to have to make extraordinary plays. He's going to have to make big runs. He's going to have to really you know, work on blitz pickup. He's going to have to be a dual threat player. Think Le'Veon Bell 2014, which I think was his best season, by the way. But he's going to have to be that type of threat. I think he can be, by the way. I absolutely think he can be. But that's what Najee Harris has to do to really step up his game. I, when I, you think about the potential of Najee Harris, like it's insane. It is absolutely insane. But that's why I put him on the list. Is the Steelers offense going to need him to really show out to be that contender that they all hope? What about the defense? You know, it's supposed to be elite. Well, we'll talk about the five players that need to step up on defense right after this break. Stay tuned. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment. I am your host of this Let's Ride podcast, Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the SteelCurtain.com. We already talked about the offensive players that need to step up their game for the Steelers to become a contender, to be a threat in the AFC playoff picture, and to make the playoffs and make a run. That was Ben Roethlisberger, Chase Claypool, Kendrick Green, Zach Banner, and Najee Harris. Those were the five offensive players. So let's go to the defensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball, the side of the ball that everyone always just assumes is quote-unquote elite, which I always laugh at when I hear that word elite. It just always makes me think of Joe Flacco. Uh, When all the Ravens fans on Twitter would always just tweet out the same thing, Joe Flacco is elite, Joe Flacco is elite. It's like, oh, shut up about the Joe Flacco stuff. But nonetheless, uh, everyone thinks that the Steelers' defense is elite, but when you look at the rankings, if you take, okay, six games played, everyone had played six games up to this point, and you're looking at the, the rankings, you're seeing, oh, wow. They're a middle-of-the-road defense. There's not much that they do that is a top-10 unit. I think they're eighth in sacks going into this week. And they're, they're Jeff, I mean, everything is just middle-of-the-road. Pass defense, rush defense, um, turnover differential is minus two. They only had five turnovers, I believe, two, fumble, two interceptions, three fumble recoveries. It's nothing that they do is elite. 
And I'm not blaming the defense here. I'm not pointing fingers. They've had a ton of injuries. Stefan Tuit hasn't even been back yet. You lose Tyson Alualu early on in the season. Um, it's just bad. It's bad. But the defense isn't bad. It's just not elite. Let's make that very clear. They're a very good defense. They could be elite, but they're not there yet. They could have some help. They need some help. They need some players playing better, and that's what we're talking about here. Defenders that need to step up their game for the Steelers to make a run. Let's do this. First and foremost, Devin Bush. I hate putting Devin Bush on here based on the fact that as fans, we often will thrust a recovery based on some doctor's number on a player, and that's not fair. So in other words, someone might say, oh, he tore his ACL. That's a six-month recovery. For who? For for him? For that guy over there? Well, that guy's not him. And, he, and, and that guy is not Devin Bush. Every human being heals differently. And so when you see these uh, Twitter doctors and stuff like that say, he should be healed by now. Okay, but what if he isn't? I hope that makes sense to fans out there. And, and this is some, uh, let me give you a, a, a little simpler example. Okay, let's say there's two players on the same church softball team, and they both were rounding second and yanked hamstrings. Just, you know, and everyone's felt it. It hurts. It hurts like a mother. And those same two players have the same injured hamstring. One player, give him two weeks off, he's back, ready to go. Sprinting around, playing, running all over the outfield, looking like a maniac. The other player, it could take two months for him to actually start to feel like, okay, I feel like I'm getting over that. I'm not not risking re-injury. It, every human body is different. So when Devin Bush, you're talking about his ACL, he still might not be 100% from that. A lot of players, not me, I've never torn my ACL, knock on wood, thank God, but a lot of players and athletes say that it takes, it's not the year after, it's the second year when you truly feel like you're back to your normal self. So in other words, in, with Devin Bush's case, it would be 2022 when he feels like, okay, now I'm back. Keep that in mind, but he's also been battling that groin injury, been an issue. I'm still not sold. I still was not sold that after he missed a game because of that injury, that he was completely healthy. Let's hope that this bye week uh, is going to give him that rest that he needs so that he can start to progress forward and not have to worry about that. But Devin Bush, from a playing standpoint, boy, does he have to step it up. I'm not sure what exactly, I'm trying to pinpoint it. He's just been erratic. When you watch the plays back, and I know that we've had Jeffrey Benedict and, and Kevin Smith have done defensive film rooms, and you've noticed Devin Bush on the field, he's just been erratic. He, he does have a couple sacks. He's been good at blitzing. But when it comes to tracking the ball carrier, tackling, erratic is, in my opinion, the best word to describe Devin Bush. Devin Bush, I, I love would love to see him go back to 2020 prior to the injury and be that level of athletic, that level of just unbelievable speed, agility. I just don't think that that's necessarily going to happen right away. A step forward for Devin Bush would literally be just playing solid football. Gap sound, tackling well, sideline to sideline. I don't need a Ryan Chazier type performance from him right now. Step up your game by making the, the, the elementary plays look easy, and then we'll go from there. But that's still him having to step up his game. Next, Cam Sutton. Just like I talked about Zach Banner getting that contract. So did Cam Sutton. I think Cam Sutton has played good. Maybe well, he's not great. It's been good, but not great. I look at Cam Sutton and I say that he's a player that could really 
benefit from just a couple plays. And what I'm trying to say here is he could benefit from getting a couple interceptions, having a game where he has two, three pass breakups. And again, another player that has been dealing with injury, that groin injury, he missed a game. I'm sorry, anyone that's pulled a groin before knows that it can take some time before it heals. And when you're talking about a defensive back that has to do a lot of lateral movement, especially in the back pedal, coming out of the back pedal, flipping their hips, things like that, guess what's involved there? A lot of groin uh, engagement in the muscular system. So for that, I want to see Cam Sutton be healthy. I want to see him do what he does best. If that means that they have to play James Pierre on the outside, let him go to the dime and let him roam around, then that's fine. Do it. Do it. That's fine. But I want to see Cam Sutton make that step. I want to see him get his hands on the football in some way, shape, or form. He's on the list of players that need to step up. Third on the list, or the next on the list, because I said these don't come in importance. Joe Schobert. I already talked about Devin Bush. I want to talk about Joe Schobert. Now, just like with Devin Bush, it was, well, we don't know how injured, the injury and all that stuff. For Joe Schobert, it is literally, okay, we're, we're going into week seven. You had the bye week in week seven, and now we're getting ready for week eight, the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. How long is it going to take to get acclimated? And, you know, how long is that crutch going to exist for Joe Schobert? That's something that I can't answer. You as fans, we, we none of us can answer that. Only Joe Schobert, Keith Butler, and Jerry Olsavsky and all those coaches that are in the room, Mike Tomlin, they would be able to answer that question. But you would hope that going into week eight, coming off of a bye week, Schobert should start to be getting comfortable within the system. The system shouldn't be an issue anymore. Now, Keith Butler has been very adamant that some of the issues the Steelers have had in defense when it comes to Schobert are not his fault. He has been saying that these these type of plays, sometimes they are, but a lot of times it's other players aren't in position, and he's kind of getting hung out to dry. I, hey, take that for what it's worth. Nonetheless, I'm going to look at this and say that Joe Schobert, it's time for him to get comfortable. It's time for him to start making plays. Go out and show the Steelers fans and the organization that the trade that they made for you to get you out of Jacksonville, and I said get you out of Jacksonville on purpose. Jacksonville might have paid you more money, but they got you out. You could still be in that dumpster fire if it weren't for the Steelers. They got you out of there, so prove them right, and then maybe they would honor you with another contract after the season. It's not out of the realm of possibility. If Joe Schobert loves it there with his former Wisconsin buddies, TJ and Derek Watt, then you would think that he would be like, okay, if I go out and play well, if I go out there and really show this team what I can do, maybe I'll earn a second contract in Pittsburgh. Joe Schobert, though, needs to elevate his game. Everyone talked about him being a coverage linebacker. I love to see him pick that up, but also run stopping, tackling, being, doing those little things well. It's what I mentioned with Devin Bush. All right, two left. Minka Fitzpatrick, I hate putting Minka Fitzpatrick on this list based on the fact that he is a superstar, and it's not that he is devoid of making plays. He is making plays, but the plays that he's making are not necessarily the type of plays that people are expecting. They're not necessarily the type of plays that people are hoping to see. They want to see interceptions. They want to see runbacks for touchdowns. They want to see pick sixes, all that good stuff. I get it, but that doesn't always happen. I mean, when you think about some of the greatest defenders in Steelers history, uh, they, they didn't always make those gigantic plays. Sometimes they just made every play that was pre- presented to them. That's where I want to see Minka step up. Minka Fitzpatrick is making great, has made great strides in the run defense area, but in pass defense, he's gambling. He's taking, he's taking chances. He's taking risks. 
This is something that, yeah, I would love to be a fly on the wall when Troy Polamalu was kind of like in the locker room. I would love to have seen if Minka Fitzpatrick talked to him because I'd see Minka taking some calculated risks like Troy used to. And that's exactly what they were. Troy Polamalu took calculated risks. And later in his career, you saw him get burned more than he did make plays. He would look at the read, and the quarterback would know exactly what he's thinking, and they would go the other way, and he would get burned. Minka Fitzpatrick, I'm sure it's frustrating when the other team is keying on you and saying, we're not going to throw it that direction. That has to be frustrating. You want to make the play. You know if they did test you more, you would make the play. He's that type of player. He's that caliber. However, when they're not even throwing it your way, you're going to say, well, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going I'm to try to trick them into it. And I'm going to make a gamble. I'm going to gamble on myself, and I'm going to go make that play. You get burned sometimes. That's what's happened. So make a, again, you've seen a general thread throughout these defensive players. It's that sometimes you just have to do the little things well, and then the big things will come your way. And I feel like that's Minka Fitzpatrick at this point. Do the little things well, and he'll be fine. But he's on the list. He does need to step it up. Lastly is Joe Hayden. You know, I, I mentioned Cam Sutton. I feel like Cam Sutton could also benefit from Joe Hayden being like really locked down on the opposite side. And that's a lot. That's a big ask for a player that is aging. We're talking about a, a early 30s defensive back. They don't age well at that position. Just historically, they don't. But boy, could the defense use from Joe Hayden being that guy that, hey, I've got him on lockdown. If I'm guarding him, you don't have to worry about him. I really was hoping that that would be the case. And he hasn't played poorly. None of these guys have. And the Steelers' defense is still a good defense. I said that at the start. I want to make sure I reiterate that. But my goodness, these five players, Devin Bush, Cam Sutton, Joe Schobert, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Joe Hayden, they could all benefit from just stepping up their game. The Steelers' defense could really dictate the future of this team, meaning this season. If they go out and play at an almost elite level, maybe get someone back like Stefan Tuitt of down the road, then my goodness, it would be a great thing to see the defense start to carry this offense. I think the offense is evolving, but in the meantime, if the defense can carry them throughout, that's the best That's the best recipe for success for this team. All right, so that, that does it for us uh, for this Let's Ride podcast on Monday. I want to make sure we reiterate that these are players that just need to step up their game. Step up your game, and everything else will take care of itself. I'll tell you what's going to take care of itself is on Tuesday. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. On Tuesday, eh, it's only around like noonish or so. I put out a tweet, use a Shooter McGavin gif, saying, hey, let me have some questions for the mailbag. You fire away. It's going to be a big show. We're going to start looking at Cleveland. That's going to be a fun one, so make sure you check that out. Also, make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And as always, wherever you get your podcasts, search for Steelers, Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing. All right, folks, it's been fun. Monday's done. We're looking on to the Cleveland Browns starting Wednesday. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great start of your week. Remember, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers.